What up, traders? How we doing out there? Hope you guys are ready for another SPACs attack. We have a great one. We're going to get into our headlines, our watch list. We're going to get into some winners and losers. Then we'll talk about the calendar, what dates are coming up that you guys need to be informed on. And of course, we'll get to some ticker time. Welcome to it. SPACs attack. Hit the like. Let's get it started. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, everybody out there? Yes, I'm catching up with the chat. What's going on? Jason's blog. We are here. We, are, we will see everything you put in those comments. So if you're new to the show, definitely say hello. Born to be free knows how we get it started. Smash the like. Let's bring on my man, Chrisopedia. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Yeah, how we doing? It's Wednesday. But for those of you out there who have not followed along with Benzinga TV this week, we will not have a show tomorrow or Friday because we have the wonderful Benzinga Cannabis Conference. Two days, hybrid, in-person New York, and also live here on Benzinga. So that means today will be our uh, Friday show, I think, Mitch, where we kind of do a little bit more casual. No interviews today. We're going to look at, we're going to take it back. We're going to do some headlines. We're going to talk about that deal announcement. We're going to look at movers on our watch list. We're going to take a peek at next week's calendar, as Mitch said. We're going to offer some trading ideas, some sectors to watch, and then we'll be taking your tickers from the chat like we normally do on a Friday. So again, a a casual show here. For those of you who are new to the show, um, I think you'll enjoy this one. And for those of you who are normally here, you know how we like to do on Fridays. All right, so I'm going to do something I normally don't go out of the limb doing here, but I'm going to go ahead and say that we have over 170 people watching right now. If we get to 100 likes today, I'll go ahead and take a trade live right here on the SPACs attack. Of course, it's going to be more of a swing trade. I don't day trade SPACs. I don't think I've ever day traded a SPAC, but I can tell you right now, I don't mind taking a swing. If you guys hit that like, I just might as well go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our headlines first. I know that a lot of stocks are moving out there. Some people are watching a stock that even I didn't think would be up, but we'll talk about that when we get to our our watch list. First thing we do is get to our headlines and Chris, do what you do best and inform us. Take us back. All right, guys. Yeah. uh, Let's talk headlines first here. So Analyst notes out there, we have Jeffries initiating coverage on Sarcos Technology, that's STRC, with a buy rating and a price target of $16. Our other big analyst note, this one was out yesterday, um, I believe after the show aired was when I saw it. Jasper Therapeutics initiated uh, by Oppenheimer with an outperformed rating and a $21 price target. We're going to dive into Jasper later on on the show. Today's big winner, up over 100%. And then turning to news, we have um, Lilium, L-I-L-M, which recently despacked, uh, announced a partnership with ABB. So this is through ABB's e-mobility division. They will provide the charging infrastructure for Lilium's high-speed regional air network, which is scheduled for a commercial launch in 2024. Uh, So Lilium has announced plans to launch in Florida, 
Germany, and Brazil with its seven-seater Lilium Jet. Again, Lilium uh, 2024, the target date, so we are a little ways away. Shares at 942, down 4%, um, but a nice charging partnership here with ABB. Then we have Genie, Genius Sports. So we talk about this one a lot on the show. Um, have to note, you know, we highlighted this a couple weeks ago when ARC Funds, Kathy Wood started adding Genie to the ETFs, right? So uh, yesterday, 338,243 shares of Genie added to ARC W, which represented 0.1178% of the ETF. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge percent, right? 0.1178. This is a actively managed ETF, though, that uh, shows its trades every night. This was the second largest purchase yesterday by percent of an ETF by ARK. The only thing that beat it was Teladoc, um, which was, you know, a, a higher percent. But now Genie is slowly moving up the leaderboard with ARKW. So it is the 28th biggest asset in the ETF, $52.2 million and 1.04% of that ETF. So we've heard ARK funds be bullish on sports betting. And despite their bullishness, up until adding Genie, they only held DraftKings as their play on sports betting. Now they are going heavy into Genie, which Mitch and I both have called out. We love this one as the thing behind the thing. ARK looking to add and increase the size of Genie. So definitely uh, watch this story um, going forward. Kathy, Kathy, if you're going to watch our show and take the trade, at least give us credit. I, I hope she watched that interview <laughs> with uh, Niccolo. You know, uh, maybe she should just add all the Niccolo Damasi SPACs, right? Because that seems to be something that has worked out well for everyone. Um, and Jeannie, I mean, I, to me, Mitch, you know, I, I covered this. I heard her and some of the analysts throw out these, you know, huge numbers for sports betting, right? Talking about the total adjustable market. And it surprised me for them to be that bullish, throw out these huge numbers and only own DraftKings. I mean, DraftKings is a leader, but we talk about, you know, baskets, right? You love the basket approach. And it surprised me that that was just the only bet. Well, then all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, that Genie edition got added, right? And to me, I love that, right? DraftKings and Genie, I think, are two of the best plays in the sports betting market. What do you think, Mitch? Well, uh, I hope it's not like how Carl says in the chat, uh, the woods kiss of death. I hope that that's not what happens there. I am still long Genie, guys. I have this one. It's the only SPAC I've been on record to say that I try to hold for the tax advantage over the year. Um, and I'm still in that time, that same mentality. I'm looking at this as an investment, um, looking out for Honestly, this is one of those stocks that I could see myself holding forever. And it's crazy to say that because that would mean that I wouldn't be taking the gains, right? But that's just how I feel about this. I'm, I'm that convicted. If it does come down below my level, I'll probably go ahead and add to it. And I'm just going to keep kind of building up my investment in Genie. And I'm in it for the long run. I definitely see the competitive advantage. And that's what it's about. But no poison ivy here. Carl, I, I think uh, Woods pay, made a big pick here. Uh, we'll see what happens and how it pays off in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, not everything that Kathy buys is going down. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll follow the genie story here, though. But I understand some people's, you know, cautiousness. 
chasing some of her plays recently. We did get uh, some exclusive news to Benzinga this morning. So uh, boxed SVOK is the SPAC. Um, we had the CEO on our show not too long ago. So boxed announced that they are expanding their e-commerce in the Middle East, North Africa, and Southeast Asia. So they partnered with 786 Holdings, who will use the proprietary technology of Box for e-commerce, software, and services technology. Um, So 786 is going to use it in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Oman, Qatar, Bahrain, Turkey, and Kuwait. Um, So this partnership will launch in the first half of 2022, starting with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And this is a country with a grocery market expected to grow to $173 billion by 2025 and only 1.3% online sales penetration. So the two companies betting here that, you know, that country is ripe for disruption. And I think this is strong for Boxed, right? We know them as a bulk um, retailer. But they also have that proprietary technology stack that other retailers are using. And this is the perfect example of how Box can expand. They also said that their partnership with AEON um, is progressing well, right? And that it will expand into Vietnam and other Southeast Asian markets. It began with a partnership in Malaysia. So Box anticipates that their SPAC merger will be closed in the fourth quarter um, and then we'll trade with the ticker BOXD um, if that merger is approved. Again, SVOK, the current ticker, um, nice expansion for its e-commerce technology. We got DraftKings. I just talked about a little bit with ARC Funds. So DKNG, DraftKings announcing a deal with the NHL. Um, so this is hot off the start of the season. We had two games last night. DraftKings will now be the uh, a new official sports betting, daily fantasy sports, and iGaming partner. Um, but more importantly, this partnership also includes DraftKings being the exclusive integration partner of NHL content on Turner Sports platforms. So Turner Sports owned by AT&T. Turner has a multimedia partnership with the NHL announced in April, including uh, games on TNT and other assets. So DraftKings now gets access to all NHL assets, including official marks and logos. They'll also launch theme sweepstakes and promotional efforts during the NHL season and special events like the Winter Classic and the playoffs. And then again, DraftKings will be able um, to do a variety of content uh, for digital and linear media with that partnership through draft or through Turner Sports and the NHL. Turner Sports also owns Bleacher Report. Um, so DraftKings, a nice move here, I think, in their media segment. And then we did get a couple vote dates set. So we have MCAD on October 27th with Better Therapeutics. And we have RTPY with Aurora on November 2nd. And then talking about current votes, we have VIH. Um, which is merging with BACT. This is a possible uh, cryptocurrency play. Um, 40% of shares were redeemed. Uh, The ticker is expected to be BKKT on Monday, October 18th, with that deal approved. And then also LOKB um, merging with Navitas Semiconductor. They received shareholder approval, LOKB, so keep an eye on that one. 
And then our one deal announced today, this one was rumored a couple days ago. Um, we actually saw shares halt due to the rumor. Um, SeatGeek is going public with RBAC Red, Red Bull um, acquisition. This is one we've talked about since our very first episode. Billy Bean of the Oakland A's behind this SPAC. So SeatGeek valued at an enterprise value of $1.35 billion. The SPAC includes executives uh, with experience across all four major U.S. sports, MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL, and also several European football leagues. A $100 million pipe includes investors Acel, Ryan Smith, the founder of Qualtrics and the owner of the Utah Jazz, and also Kevin Durant and Rich Lehman's 35 Ventures. Um, public RBAC shareholders will own 28.5% of the company after the merger. So SeatGeek was founded in 2009 as a ticket aggregator. They've shifted their business model over the years. So they added a consumer marketplace in 2014 and an enterprise solution in 2016. They now count themselves as a vertically integrated mobile-centric ticketing platform. Their market share was 7.2% in 2019 for the secondary ticket market. That grew to 10.9% in 2020 and is 11.5% through the first half of 2021, so a growing market share. They also count 36% of their customers as Gen Z members, which is a growing focus of companies. Um, they do compete with Vivid Seats, which is going public with HZAC, so SeatGeek lists an addressable global live entertainment segment worth $126 billion, $58 billion of that in the U.S. market. I said the enterprise business segment was added in 2016, and it has landed some big names. So uh, listen to this, right? These are exclusive ticketing deals. So no other ticket companies have the rights to these. We have the Brooklyn Nets and the Barclays Center. The Cleveland Cavaliers with Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Dallas Cowboys, AT&T Stadium, and half of the English Premier League teams. They said that they're continuing to add enterprise customers, including stadiums, arenas, theaters, casinos, horse tracks, and golf events. They also talked about the pent-up demand from the COVID pandemic, and they are already seeing that. In the first half of 2021, um, they, they showed that off in their charts. And, and revenue uh, from 2016 to 2019 was growing at an annual rate of 70%. They did see the dip due to the pandemic, $33 million in fiscal 2020. But they see fiscal 2021 ramping back up to $132 million, And then fiscal 2022, $345 million dollars. Fiscal 2024, the target date for positive EBITDA with a projected $53 million. Again, that ticker RBAC SeatGeek, our big deal announced today. Mitch, RBAC is one that we talked about our very first show, right? This was one that was focused on sports from the get-go. It was rumored with Fenway Sports Group for a while, right? The Boston Red Sox, Liverpool Football Club, and other assets it could not work out a deal with them. So instead, we have SeatGeek announced today. Do you have any, any experience using SeatGeek? I don't think I've ever used their ticketing platform, but it sounds like this is a big one. 
Well, I, I'll clearly say I don't want to talk about the Red Sox, even though <laughs> probably should have been the Red Sox. But let, let's, let's talk a little bit more about SeatGeek. So SeatGeek is, like you said, it's a reseller just the same way as you would see Vivid Seats or you would also see StubHub. Um, that's the other one, right? StubHub is owned by, I think, Ticketmaster, right? Uh, it was owned by eBay. They sold it. Um, and now I, I was thinking it was private equity now. That, it might that be. Owns it might be it. private equity. But I mean, just to compare, those are the three competitors. Oh. Let's just be, let's just be uh, uh, just as transparent as we can be. Those are the three. The one that I've used is Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the one that I've found the cheaper pricing and I found more ticket options. Why? I think they just get to more of the season uh, sellers, like the season ticket sellers, and they have probably a way that they're re-advertising to those sellers. Like, hey, do you want to keep putting your tickets out there? And I think that's probably what it is. I personally haven't sold a ticket on any of these platforms, so I can't tell you exactly that that's what it is. I'm going to be looking more into that. So if you guys have sold some tickets on these platforms or ever been uh, kind of a, a season ticket holder and sold to these platforms, let us know because we'd love to find out a little bit more about this. Um, and like you said, if they do have exclusivity for certain tickets, that's going to definitely help. I mean, like you said, it. Ex- the, the, my favorite word right now in the market is exclusivity yeah i i mean mitch we're talking some big names right dallas cowboys at&t stadium one of the largest stadiums in the u.s um they're the exclusive partner with them uh the cavaliers right in the nba uh half of the english premier league teams i mean for us in the u.s i think we always forget about how large those soccer stadiums are when you're talking about reselling tickets to these large soccer stadiums. I think that's huge. Um, I remember, uh, you know, years ago when I owned, um, I hate to say it here, uh, Lions season tickets, right? Um, If I wanted to resell my tickets, uh, there was an exclusive resell platform. I think it was through Ticketmaster. So I couldn't just sell my tickets, you know, on certain exchanges. If I wanted to, you know, link it, to my actual tickets and do the best ease of use, I had to use the exclusive partner. So that's what, you know, SeatGeek seems to really be focused on here is landing these enterprise deals. So they essentially Mm. like pay the Cowboys to be the partner, right? And and they're paying that upfront fee. But in their presentation, they said that by year two, they're breaking even on these deals. And then in year three, year four, year five, there's huge upside, right? Right. So I think they probably had to pay out a decent amount with some of these big teams, right? Cowboys, Cavaliers. But now they're going after, you know, arenas, concert venues, um, golf venues, right? Again, as you said, that E word, exclusive. It's all about exclusivity to try to beat your competition here. So I, I like that approach by them. Also, Gen Z, I mean, Mitch, you know, I think the fact that they're so highly regarded by Gen Z. That's 36% of their customers. I like that. I mean, mobile first, right? I mean, Gen Z is not exactly, you know, selling paper tickets, right? It's all done online. It's all mobile. Um, so they they cater to that market. And I, I like that approach. So again, I've never used SeatGeek. I've never used Vivid Seats. Guys, let us know in the chat if you have. I did see Carl saying he liked Vivid better. Um, I've used Ticketmaster, I've used StubHub, I've used others, but I I don't know these two, but based on what I've read, I I like SeatGeek's approach here, you know, laid out today. 
All right. So uh, I, I'm doing a little research as you're speaking. You're you not buying me. tickets to anything, are you? You know me. I like to do a little research, bro. So uh, I'd like to bring something extra to this chat and see if we can find something. So you were talking about this. Literally, I looked it up for us. Here it says, now I'll try to zoom in a little bit more so we can see it a little bit better. So it says, Season ticket holders can also sell tickets on multiple sites due to the contract the NFL has with the Ticketmaster, uh-huh. and all NFL tickets need to be listed onto the NFL ticket exchange before any other platform. So that's how they're doing it. They first list it on that one, and then you can log into your seat. Geek account manager, go through the process of listing your tickets as you normally would, and you'll see that they are sent over to the NFL ticket exchange first. So that's the way to get around that, Chris. So, hey, some value right there. That's that's interesting. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, I think, yeah, I had to list my Lions tickets on Ticketmaster. Um, And again, it's not that I couldn't list them other places, but it just seemed like a pain in the butt, right, To, to list them other places. So maybe SeatGeek with the Cowboys Maybe that's not as big of an exclusive deal, you know, as I thought, um, you know, if Ticketmaster is still getting first dibs here. So uh, maybe skip Vivid, skip SeatGeek and just go to LYV, Live Nation, you know, instead and 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 buy the winner here with Ticketmaster. But again, I, I like these reopening plays, right? We need, you know, with these SPAC deals being announced, I think this is a good time for some of these reopening plays to go public, right? We were seeing that with Vivid. We're seeing that with SeatGeek. Um, yeah, Solar saying posting season tickets for sale has destroyed any and all chances of waitlist members to ever get season tickets. Mitch, I don't know if you saw the Packers thing the other day. Darren Rebell tweeted that he's like, I don't know, number 5,000 on the Packers season ticket list now. Like that list is just insane. Like you put your name on it. You have to wait like hundreds of years. It can get passed down through your family after you pass away. And then maybe your grandkid can someday have Packers season tickets because of the way they do it. Um, You know, so I mean, props to the Packers. They've built a loyal fan base. They have a great system in place. But to me, you know, I don't think I'd want to be a fan if I had to wait a hundred years for your first season tickets, but that's me. And we're not even talking about like a, you know, top of the line stadium, right? We're talking about yeah. the freezer bowl. <laughs> yeah. Lambo's a little outdated too. So you, yeah, bring I don't jackets. know. Let's just say like bring a, your ble- jackets. a bleacher seat. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to them. They've been doing it for a long time and people enjoy it. So, But Mitch, that's headlines. That's our deal. Uh, Should we get into the watch list and talk about what's moving out there? Of course we can. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our watch list. I hope you guys had fun, got some value out of that. Live research done for you guys. Let's go ahead and get into our watch list. All right, team, let's take a look, see what stocks we have moving on the day right now. Looking like Red Wire. Why would Red Wire be moving today, Chris? Yeah, so Red Wire is one I highlighted uh, a week ago. It had a rumor, um, a video that circulated around of an executive with Red Wire um, saying that a Amazon partnership could be announced. So put that on the back burner for a minute, right? Because that has not been announced. Mm-hmm. But Red Wire 
landed a deal with NASA. I mean, we all know how important NASA deals are for space. What's NASA? Right? Yeah, so I mean, if you're not getting NASA deals and you're a space stock, you're you're probably missing out on some potential revenue, right? Um, but they landed a deal with NASA, and this is for critical navigation components for NASA's Lucy mission to study Jupiter's Trojan asteroids. Um, so again, as we try to land, you know, and go to all these different planets, Jupiter, you know, being a new target. Um, this is going to be launched no earlier than Saturday, October 16th from Space Launch Complex at Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in Florida. So, so you know, October 16th is what I just said. So today's the 13th. So we have the run-up in shares today. If this flight launches this weekend, we're probably going to get another run-up next week, right? This is what happens. Same thing with like a Virgin Galactic, right? You announce the launch window, then you announce the launch date, then you actually launch. That's three times that shares can move just based off of one event. So that's why like with these space stocks, I always like to look and and play that trend. But also, I mean, Mitch, we we, we watched it off off air here, that, that slip of the tongue possibly by Redwire saying an Amazon partnership could be coming again. I don't think that's baked into the price at all, but I also think, you know, that's just a rumor at that point. But this NASA deal, I mean, I remember following Redwire when it was Genesis, GNPK, and I called it, you know, a mini space ETF, a space infrastructure play. I like Redwire, and I can say that I am long RDW shares. Um, I, I like this one going forward as a space stock. What what you guys heard it there? We'll be watching for it. Looks like Carl's trying to watch that thing live, baby. Yeah, we might have to get Carl uh, set up with a camera down there in Cape Canaveral uh, with all these space events going, going live on. to Carl here yeah, at the space. Our, our space reporter live in Florida, Carl. So yeah, let let's do that. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I'm seeing a couple people mention in the chat, right? Shatner. We we got to talk about Blue Origin, right, Mitch? So Blue Did Origin Shatner go. Yes. Did he go to space? He did. He's 90 years old. He became the oldest person in space officially today. So again, that was on Blue Origin. This is a short flight, right? The same thing that Jeff Bezos recently did, similar to Virgin Galactic. So Mitch, how are space stocks doing today? You know, Redwire obviously up big, 7% on that deal with NASA. But how is like Virgin Galactic and Astra and Rocket Lab, are we going to get that, you know, space run now with today's flight from Blue Origin? What do you think? I'm seeing space up 2%. I mean, it's not giving you a monster move, but definitely giving you the lift, right? That's what I was looking for. I even mentioned it yesterday. I'd look for SPCE to get a lift. What did it do today? Gets a lift. Who knows where we might see this one end up the day. It could end up trading about like 4 or 5%, I think. Um, right now, we're up about 2%, 2.4%. Uh, we'll see if this one can continue trading on up. SPCE, not a bad looking day. Yeah, I mean, and you called this one out. I talked about this one, right? You've got William Shatner, a big celebrity, going to space. That That's a big news item, right? Blue Origin got a ton of publicity, a ton of positive comments on this. Virgin Galactic has booked some celebrities. I don't know where they fall in line, right? But we have uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, 
Justin Bieber, I think, is on that list, Mitch. Can you imagine when Bieber goes to space? I mean, maybe he'll release a new song before he goes up. Maybe he'll sing in space. I don't know. And then also Elon Musk is on that Virgin Galactic list. So you've got some big names. They haven't announced their next flight yet. You know, as I just said with Redwire, follow the story, follow the trend. As soon as they announce their next flight, you're probably going to see another leg up in the shares. Um, But I, I think the Blue Origin thing today... Uh, tiny pie saying leave him up there um I, I i'm i'm guessing that was in reference to bieber but yeah maybe he'll just become yeah, a new uh, a new spaceman and just sing uh, and release albums from space so uh yeah hey well uh we'll, we'll be looking forward towards that live concert in space uh we'll see if we get it man All people right, let- really don't want bieber to come back <laughs> justin bieber please believe it where 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 the believers at, man? Come on, we gotta have a believer to the moon, guys. Let's keep going. Uh, ASTR is another one that I was gonna see what was gonna happen to it today. It's actually trading down on this news, which is interesting. Uh, ASTS is another one that I was gonna look at. Eh, kind of trading sideways, not really doing much there. Uh, we'll see what happens on ASTS. Yeah, and uh, Rocket Lab RKLB I think was flat, Mitch. So. Um, it looks, oh, now we're down. Oh, just barely. Um, just barely. Yeah. So it's so flat on the day rocket lab. Um, so again, it looks like Virgin Galactic was really the big way to play this blue origin flight. And that shouldn't be a huge surprise to anyone who's watched the show before. And Mitch called that out earlier this week. I, I think that was really the, the big way you could play the, the blue origin flight. Cause again, blue origins, not publicly traded. It was founded by Jeff Bezos, but it's not owned by Amazon. Um, so really, if you want exposure to the space tourism market, uh, Virgin Galactic's the way. So that's that's the pair trade there. All right, let's keep going in the watch. Let's see what we're seeing moving. We got skills on the move. Skills bouncing on up there today. I think it got some coverage. Was that was it? Was that? Yeah, it looks yeah, like a then- maybe an investor letter or a investor um, talking about this one positively. So we mm-hmm. have uh, Banyan Banyan Hill pick. Um, so, you know, that we're up what almost 6%. We hit over $9 earlier today, 908. And I mean, that was the highest shares have been in a, in about a week. Um, we got a nice dip last week and I did say that I, I was looking at this one right around that $8 mark. Um, cause again, I don't think I'd play this one long-term Mitch, but I think the story for me is that NFL game, right? I just still believe that they have to release that NFL game at some point. And not to say that that game is going to be a huge winner. Or it's going to get, you know, millions of people to download it or play it. But I just think when that news is announced, we're going to see people come back to skills, right? Because that was one of the big catalysts earlier this year was when they said they had an NFL game coming. So to me, that's the story. Um, but I really wanted to get it at eight. So I'm probably just sitting on the sidelines here for now. I'm getting to the point. I'm just gone from this stock, Chris. Yeah. I mean, that uh, chart looks like it's gone. So I, I, I tried to say that it would come back to 10 and that's where it would take the turn. And I remember calling that out back when it was like at $30. But now it's gone to these levels. I'm just like, I'm just staying away completely. Like I, to me, you can't tell me to grab skills. I just can't see it. Because to me, it was always about um, kind of this tech stack and and the idea of them like 
producing uh, for these games and then going towards maybe even like a, a gambling solution uh, for these games. And I just don't see it. I just I literally, I, I don't see them pushing the gas pedal. If anything, I see them pressing the brake and looking left and right, trying to find a way out. That's just what I see. Um, I, I'm going to stay away from this one. But then again, if you look at a comparable game, uh, I would compare it to maybe Zynga. And if you see Zynga has been struggling also, and this was a major pick of the year by a lot of people. And so to me right now, mobile gaming just isn't there, Chris. And so I'm staying away. Yeah, we need some hit games, right? And that's one of the things I recently wrote about Zynga. They have a decent fourth quarter coming. Um, They have Farmville 3, which doesn't sound like a huge game, right? Because some of Farmville has died out. But Farmville was really a game you could only play through Facebook. I mean, I remember that years ago, Mitch, because I, I, I'm old enough to remember when mobile games started through the Facebook platform, right? So you could play Farmville. And, I'm farming and then, in the back here. Are You're farming in the back. I mean, I, I think we're going to see some people, you know, that played Farmville earlier in their life reminisce and go back and play Farmville 3. And also Zynga has a Star Wars game coming next year. Um, you know, we we all know how Star Wars games can perform, right? They can be big hits or, you know, fans can just hate hate the storyline and how it doesn't follow the movies. Um, so we'll see how that one does, too. But I, I think you're right. Mobile gaming, they're just there hasn't been, you know, as big a hits recently. Right. Um, you know, we used to see Farmville, Candy Crush, some of these big names, you know, people were playing them nonstop. You'd go somewhere in a public place. I mean, Pokemon Go. You'd see people, you know, all playing them. And I think, you know, we just don't see that as much because the console games and the PC games is really where everyone has shifted or the the metaverse, right? Your Roblox, um, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are playing Roblox, Minecraft, you know, these other games and not playing, you know, mobile games as much. So I, I think you're right there um, with that one. Mitch, the other big uh, winner today, uh, Jasper, right? J-S-P-R. We got to talk about this one quick, but I always caution people, right? Because we're up 110% on this. This thing was halted a couple times today. So for those who don't remember, Jasper Therapeutics was, uh, it did go public via SPAC. So this was AMHC. And this was a small biotech SPAC, right? Which is something we've talked about on the show. It then saw heavy redemption. So we had around 90% of shares redeemed which made a float of under a million shares. So you guys Mm. all know what can happen on low float names, right? So we already saw a run up, right? This thing already took off. I used to own AMHC shares. I played this for the the DSPAC redemption. I made my money and I got out, right? And then what happened? Shares came all the way down to what? Like $7, $6 or something. Um, But then what happened? Oppenheimer comes out with a $21 price target. And all of a sudden people are like, "Mm, I I like that, right? A $6 stock that someone's saying is worth $21. Shares started to move up. And then as shares started to move up and get volume, because it's a low flow, this thing just took off, right? And that's what happens. But what happens on the flip side, right? Is that we could see shares come crashing back down. So please be careful if you're in JSPR, I'm not in this time. I already did my trade on this one. Um, But this is a low float. So, you know, just be cautious uh, chasing this one here. Definitely. So much I'm not even going to give you levels because I don't want anyone trying to make trades based off my levels. levels. (laughs) 
on JSPR. I'm not going to try that one. Let's keep going. Let's get into the next one. Uh, let's go to, to uh, well, we, we talked a little bit about the uh, STRC a little bit already. Uh, we could take a look. Latch is trading up higher than uh, $10 there, starting to get towards 10.09. Maybe keep your eyes on that one. Uh, Payoneer up towards 841, really kind of going sideways. Not much there, at least I can see. Uh, Proterra, one of the stocks that I'm watching to see when are we going to get back above $10. Uh, this is a stock that's tried to make lows multiple times, tried to spike multiple times. What I always look for is is after that third one, can we get through that trend? For me, you can easily call this trend line. You can see this spike right here. You just kind of draw it down to the, the connections and you want to get it back above those levels to see it really start getting strong again. As you guys can see, there was some big volume here. So we are starting to take an approach here. We've seen this kind of downward action and you guys know how I like to see kind of three attempts. So all right now I only have one and two to go off of. I would maybe look for another pullback towards that level and then a breakout through 10 because I don't have those three attempts to break down. I only have two attempts to break down that's what i'm seeing at least for right now definitely there there's a lot of movers out there today Mitch. I'm this a guy percent. what do we got what do we got <laughs> look yeah. another pig i own yeah and hey i own proterra shares too um again this is one of the ways i'm playing electric buses i still think we're gonna get some deals with the u.s government with these cities um so to me this is a longer term approach right for proterra because i think I mean, you heard it when we talked to EO yesterday, talking about, you know, Europe, how far ahead they are. They've got electric buses all through their big cities, right? And then they they have to charge them. We don't have as many electric buses here in the U.S., which I think is something that needs to be fixed. So I, I like it. I like Proterra, you know, for that reason. So uh, I, I'm with you, Carl, um, and, and we'll see how we do in a couple of years. But that's how I'm approaching Proterra. All right, let's go ahead. Let's catch up in the chat here. Looks like some people are mentioning FSR. We can go ahead and get into FSR. I don't mind touching that one. Um, it's still kind of a long output type of thing. Of course, we've talked about it. Uh, we're looking for Fisker to come out with some news going into November as they're going to show up on that L.A. Uh, conference. I'm still looking to maybe go and head out there. We'll see if I'm able to sneak out, out there and catch the ocean. Uh, but we'll keep it on watch. How's FSR doing right now? Uh, it's finding a little bit of support here. Multiple times it's tried to find support at 14. So to me, that's the line in the sand. If it cracks 14, we could go all the way down, I think, towards 10. But if it holds 14 here, you could be starting to push back up towards that 20. Um, I at least could draw kind of that downward trend here. Alt-T for my pro users. Uh, you can you guys can see that we've tried to come up through this level multiple times before. We've had a pullback. Now it just needs to kind of hold that 14 and get on up there through 18s. And the next level from there would be 20s. It looks like November 19th is the date I'm seeing, Mitch, for the start of the LA Auto Show. So we are we're getting close to being a month away. Um, so I think uh, it's still a little early on the run for Fisker. Um, for that November auto show catalyst. But I just, I think that's going to be a big deal because I think they're not only going to unveil the ocean and show off all those features. I think they're going to update us on the pair, right? The, the smaller, lower priced car. 
Um, that was part of that uh, Lordstown Motors deal, right? That was signed with Foxconn for that plant in Ohio. Fisker is going to be able to have some of their vehicles produced there. And they actually said that that could, uh, that could uh, speed up the timeline of the pair vehicles. So something to keep in mind, we could get some news from Fisker too. What, Chris? It could speed it up? Did you yeah. rewind that? Go back to when you, the news first came out in Ride. What did I right? say about Fisker? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like we, we talked about that. You got to pay attention to the to these stories, guys. Because we, we, we want these cars created where? So you don't get all these shipping and taxes that I think you're going to start seeing coming in the car industry. If yeah. a car comes from outside of the United States, it is going to get taxed heavily in the future so that i think that's another thing that they're looking at is how can we bring that into the states get around that and then boom there you go you start seeing a, a higher lift in where the margins where we need to focus on especially when we're talking in the ev industry because high margins can help you get around let's say low sales so we'll keep a watch and see what happens with fisker one of the things that i'd point out in fisker is what did we get in september we actually got a Kind of harmy candle, but let's, let's call it a green candle. It was a green candle here. And so what that I've been talking about is, is it okay to tax stocks and SPACs, especially if you're seeing a monthly green candle behind it. Now let's take a look here. Just that, just to kind of point, like let's say skills. What do you see on there? You see nothing but red, nothing but red. And so until that kind of changes, that's why I say like there's certain stocks you guys can find that are making a little bit of a turnaround and there's certain ones that aren't. Mitch, one more real quick, and then I want to turn to our calendar, and then we want to get to tickers. I already see some questions in the chat. Keep those questions coming. Drop your tickers in there. Mitch, how about AGC? So this is AGC merging with Grab. This is a uh, Asian okay. play on micro mobility, um, e-commerce. Uh, you know, some different areas. They've got their hands in a couple uh, areas. This was the largest SPAC deal announced, right? This is a huge, huge deal. With that, we do have a little bit higher of a, a float. Um, I'm seeing a float of around 50 million shares. But the one thing that's creeping up with AGC is that it's getting a heavy short interest, right? So according mm -hmm. to Benzinga Pro, I'm seeing 35% of the float traded short. Um, I, again, we, we've seen this happen especially in D-SPACs, right? That when there's hev heavy short interest, plus you're going to have heavy redemptions possibly, you know, we could see this be a high volatile stock. Um, so AGC, you know, it is on the calendar for later this year tentatively. So this is one that I'm watching, Mitch. Anything you're seeing with AGC there? Uh, just a bottoming action kind of type, but nothing really that you can go off of. You just got to go off of the 10 right now. Uh, but is this a, an attempt? One thing that I would look for is for this stock to kind of do that redemption, maybe make a breakdown towards like 7, 8, heavy redemption. Next thing you know, it comes back roaring. And so that's what we're going to be looking for. I wouldn't take a shot now because I have no bottom approach. I have no nothing to go off of. And if I go off the 10, I very much could get stopped out and then just do the same move that I'm looking for. So I'm going to wait for that kind of heavy redemption signal to show me that, hey, all right, the shorters were not only looking to knock this down, but they're also the people on the long side are looking for the out. And so you have the longs looking for the out, the shorts pressing down, 
and that's how you really get a nice short squeeze, right? You have longs getting out, shorts pressing down, and all of a sudden the shorts start covering and that actually helps the squeeze and then boom, someone goes long on it and then they just break out those other shorts that were setting, sitting on the top of that. We'll see what happens on this. Mitch, you want to check out uh, EVgo? I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that for our watch list. Let's get into some of our calendar dates. What's out there, Chris? What should we be paying attention to in the next coming weeks? Yeah, so tomorrow we've got a couple big ones. We've got uh, VIH merging with BACT, right? So this is a cryptocurrency play. Um, so we all know how people try to find, you know, crypto stocks, right? And how they move in reaction to the price of Bitcoin. VIH, once it completes this merger, it's going to be a cryptocurrency exchange. I think we're going to see this one, um, you know, have some nice moves over the next month. The big question is, you know, how how you know low is it going to go? How high is it going to go? We did have 40% of shares redeemed. That wasn't an incredibly high number. Um, so the float's still going to be over 10 million shares. This one has popped up on some short uh, interest list though too. So uh, something to follow with VIH. We also have Vivid Seats, right? Which we just talked what? about. Uh, tickets, right? Merging uh, their vote tomorrow. HZAC Horizon Acquisition. Um, so that's another one to watch, right? Because people are looking for, you know, uh, reopening plays. We're already at 1028. We're already starting to see that spike above 10. I don't know if we'll be able to sustain that. Looks like we're already coming back down. Um, but keep this one on watch. The other big vote tomorrow, Mitch, uh, Lego, Legato merging with Algoma Steel. We're at 1123. Uh, full disclosure, I own shares of Lego. I've been in this one since it was units before a deal was even announced. I like steel. I also own Steel Dynamics, uh, STLD. Steel stocks have been on fire this year, right? Um, Mitch, what do you think? Uh, is this one that could see some analyst notes in the call out on you know, being a peer play in the steel industry? I know you look at sectors a lot. Um, how has industrials and steel how have those traded this year and, you know, how have the trends looked? Yeah. So what I would say about steel is that we're talking about inflationary environments, right? We're in an inflationary environment. And whenever you're in an inflationary environment, what gets some higher value is actual hard assets, like the actual item. And so that's why you've seen kind of these commodity trades really get hot this year is for that exact reason. Whenever you're in inflation, you're expecting to see that rise in price in what in the materials behind the, the things that you're building. So clear example, steel here. Yeah, steel prices are going to go up in an inflation environment. So in my eyes, it's not a bad play to definitely keep in mind. And a lot of people have been taking steel trades, like let's say CLF. Uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff is one that I could show you guys, Cleveland Cliffs. Let's take a look on the daily chart, and I'll show you guys exactly what this one kind of did. Look at this. Look at all throughout, like, like look, look at look at this sideways from – 2017 all the way to 2021 it didn't do anything like just literally went sideways but then look at this year look at this that's different that's an inflationary environment and playing into steel here all right one more chris i think we got uh we got actually two more this week we got uh i think a gsah one that i used to keep an eye out on 
right? Yeah, GSAH is an interesting one, right? This is Myrion Technologies. They do radiation hardware, software, and alignment. So they're big in nuclear power plants, which doesn't exactly sound like a growth industry, right? But they're also a leader in radiation for hospitals, urgent care clinics, dental offices, vet offices. Um, we, we all know how big the healthcare industry is. Um, this is one I think could also get some analyst attention, right, as a peer play in the health segment. Um, so this is one to keep on watch. Uh, merger vote next week. We've got a couple more next week. We'll be back on Monday and we'll take a look at next week's calendar um, then. Uh, Mitch, how about the chat? What do we got for uh, comments here? I know, was Evie Go the one that someone mentioned? Yeah, I saw Evie Go in the chat. And if you guys want to throw up some tickers, go ahead and do so. We'll definitely take a look at them. Like always, guys, let's go ahead and do some ticker time. Ticker time. All right, let's take a look at EVGO. It was mentioned in the chat. I want to go ahead and take a look at it. EVGO. You know it's easy when they put the actual company name as a love ticker. Love the ticker. Love the ticker, yeah. I always love that. I'm like, I can't forget that one. All right, let's take a look here. What are we starting to see? I'm starting to see a bottoming action start forming, but what do I need to see? I need to see a reversal from here. Um, I could go off of this low right now. I could try to attack the 760s. I could see why you would want to do that. But what I would look for is actually another break of that 760 and then eventually a recovering of 850. These are the type of stocks that what I want to do is I want to wait for the trend to completely to change. The monthly candle is going to be a lot of that. It's going to show you that you're starting to see slowing patterns, right? So if you see a bigger bar, littler bar, littler bar, littler bar, what does that show you? The momentum is slowing down on the downside but it still hasn't flipped up. And so that's what I'm looking for, right? I'm seeing that momentum come down, trying to see the bottom, but I don't want to overreact. If the next thing you know, you get another extension down. And so we'll see when these really start come back roaring. I think this all has to do, and I keep on saying it, it's all about that infrastructure bill and when that's going through and what exactly that's going to do for these companies. That's what you need to be paying attention to. And it sucks because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's out of our hands, right? It's in the government's hands. We'll see what happens, and we'll see how these stocks perform. All right, catching up with the chat. What do you see out there? Yeah, what Chris? else we got in the chat? Uh, I saw so many tickers flying. Um, I saw SoFi. We just talked about SoFi earlier this week. Um, SoFi looks like it could be headed to 20. Um, again, you know, this is one where it's gotten some analyst upgrades. It's gotten some nice call outs and they still have that looming bank charter decision, which could be a, a big positive or a potential, you know, negative catalyst, depending on what is said. So, uh, I am long SoFi, um, you know, full disclosure there, but again, I got in earlier than this. So I don't know if I would chase right at the moment, maybe look for a pullback. Um, but I think we do hit 20 here. Um, fairly soon, but we'll we'll see. When we were going down, when we started seeing that tick down, what do we say? Close green. You got to close green. Bottom to go off of, and that's all we're looking for, guys. Especially with these specs, I can't stress it enough. If you're not seeing those that change in trend on the weeklies and monthlies, it might not be the stock to come after. All right, catching up with the chat. What other ones being mentioned? Looks like what is the status of that ND uh, NDAA bill? Uh, 
honestly, I think it's still just being talked about, still being pushed back and forth, and nothing uh, conclusive just yet. Uh, next one up, do you want to maybe grab one? Let's say uh, it looks like TMC being mentioned. T- in the yeah, chat yeah, TMC, times. TMC guys. Um, I, I don't want to be too negative on this one. Um, Antonio, it looks like you're new to the chat too, so shout out to you. I saw your comment that you finally are joining us live. Um, so thanks for joining us. TMC, it, it has a lot of hype. I saw this one get picked up, you know, by some of the the trader groups out there. For me, you know, maybe a good concept, right? You know, mining minerals off the seafloor. I just think they're they're so far, uh, you know, away from actually producing revenue and, you know, materials. So for me, I, I'm staying away from TMC. I'd rather be in like an MP, MP materials, because they're actually mining stuff right now. Um, but that's me personally on TMC. I just, I, I think it's too far out here. Definitely one that I would avoid like the plague. I think there's one that could go to zero. I haven't said that. Yeah. And I saw it, uh, it mentioned in the chat, Zach talking about Tesla. So yeah, Tesla has been buying some minerals, stakes and some companies. Um, I, I think we're early on the C mining though. I don't know if Tesla is going to get involved in that. So you know, that's just all speculation. Those same rumors have been out there since like February. So nothing new, um, you know, for Tesla and TMC that I'm aware of. So I, I just stay away from this one. Definitely. Uh, it's just one that I just, the, I, sometimes I ask myself, do I see it coming to fruition? I could see this one being one of those that two, three years down the line, we find out, oh, we can't do it, guys. We can't do what we expected to do. Not to say anything bad about them, but just that's what I feel. And so if I feel that way, I'm definitely going to stay away. It's a red flag for me. And until I see the trend come back, it'll still be in the red flag for me. Let's go ahead. Let's keep going. Uh, maybe We got to smash more. that like, too. I, we're at 66 likes, Mitch. I thought we were going to hit 100 today, guys. No one come wants on. to see me take a trade. I said I'd take a trade if, if you guys got to 100. What's going on out there, guys? You guys want to see me take a trade? I'll take yep. a swing. I got no problem. Let's go ahead. Let's catch up with the chat. What other ones being mentioned here? Um, looks like we have some people talking about. Let's let's see what what we got. Here. I saw VWE Vintage mm, Wine Estates. This is one I've talked about several times. Use some wine. Um, yeah, we're we're under ten again. If you look at the past couple of weeks, we saw some you know some trends, some moves higher. Um, you know, I I still like this one because compared to its competitors. It trades at a lower price multiple. We have Telsey coming out with a $14 price target. Um, they also acquired uh, a, I think, a e-commerce wine company, Mitch, if I'm not wrong here, Vaness, back in September, a direct-to-consumer wine club um, with 60,000 members. So I, I remember having the guys on and, you know, they've got wine at different price points. I like that direct-to-consumer e-commerce approach too. So I, I like the story here with VWE. I think we probably dip back down though. What do you think on the chart here, Mitch? The chart says a little bit of a dip there, but you, you've had a couple spikes to this trend line. I would look for the next one to be the one to really get it going. Um, reason why is that I always look for kind of bottoming action and I want to see on the weeklies. Let's go ahead and go back. You can see here, you, what do you see? You see up one, down one, up two, down two, up three, 
down three. Let's create a support down here towards 950s. And then from that point, come back up through this trend line. That's when I would look for the breakout. If it breaks down from here, you can get avoid it by looking for that move back to trend line versus trying to catch the bottom of the dip or try to call the bottom. All right. So that's going to be it for Vin. Uh, vintage wine estates. I'll tell you one thing, Chris, I, we do need to go ahead and reach back out, not for an update, but for some wine ourselves. Yeah. I tried to get that wine taste testing for a Friday unwind. Uh, I'm going to have to follow up and see if we can uh, nail that down. Cause I, I think that'd be pretty exciting for, uh, for, for Benzinga employees, but also maybe we could do it, you know, live on Benzinga TV too. What do you think? I think they would be great. You know, one thing we could do is we can get a whole bunch of people in the office, get a shipment sent there, then we can do a little tasting, right? Why not? Exactly. Let's go ahead and do it. We'll go ahead and try to get it for you guys. Hit that like. Everyone, pinkies up. All the likes are climbing. They're getting there, Mitch. We almost hit it. I don't think today's going to be that live trade, though, but maybe next week we can uh, we can do one. Well, it looks like the trade, uh, the show is being so engrossing. Look at this, that I forgot to smash the like. Robert, using the vocab word for me. <laughs> Let's keep going. 11 more likes, guys. We got about one minute left. Can we do it? I'm seeing Last 93. One. I'm seeing 93, Mitch. Last one I'm going to take a look at is one that uh, Carl's talking in the chat. He's saying maybe a potential bottom on the body, the beach body. I don't know about you guys, but I've been working on the beach body, but haven't been working on the stock here i did make some profits on the last move up um when we when we actually kind of got a profit move now we're starting to see this bottoming action i actually had an alert to alert me today chris if it broke 515 and it did alert me it let me know that the the bid went towards 514 and then it held there so now we're starting to get sideways action really close towards this five Yes, it could be the bottom there. I've talked about I want to dip be below five so that I can start taking my shot and body. But if you guys get there, it just might be right now. Mitch, we we got to a hundred. I think we Ooh. hit it. I think we hit it right before noon. But uh, it's gonna be your call here. Did did we hit it in time? A hundred likes. All right, all right. Let's have what some. Are, what are we doing? Fun. Let's have some fun. So right now, uh, as far as spacs and and what I own. I own S-E-A-H, I own D-M, and I own Genie. Those are the three SPACs that I own right now. Let's go ahead and make it one more. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's see what we got. I was going to wait. I was going to be like, uh, be a little picky here. But you know what? Uh, I'll start it in. I'll have some fun here. Let's, let's do it. I said I'd take a trade, right? What's it going to be? <laughs> a lot of people are wondering it's not gonna right. be tmc guys i know that <laughs> you could definitely sure you could bet on that one i don't think it's gonna be tmc at all uh but we'll see what happens with this one i'm gonna take a starter here okay so it, it's not the full position that i expect but i'm definitely taking the starter order out let's see if i get a fill it's just sitting there come on come on baby fill me All right, so it should should get a filled. Someone said you should be like Kathy and buy more genie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jay in the chat. Do a Kathy buy more genie. I, 
I like that move by by Kathy still with Jeannie. I, I like it. I, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's going to keep going higher. All right. Let's see if I got my fill here. Not getting a fill. Come on, guys. Come on, market maker. Take my offer. <laughs> Come on. All right. So I still haven't gotten a fill. I'll just tell you at least what I got an order out for. I got the order out for the body here. I'm taking my oh, shot. Here. here we go. Body, body. I'm getting that body ready. <laughs> that go mixed ahead. fitness bike. We need to get one of those, Mitch, to text to test that and see yeah, uh, how good I, that bike is. I, I'm giving Carl the call. Uh, I'm going to have to hit the other Carl up and, and ask him to get that workout on. Who knows? Maybe we'll bring it to the Spacs attack. I'm trying to do it. It isn't filling because you're not buying DK. <laughs> yes. Someone really wants, they really want you to get DraftKings and Genie in the chat. Uh, you know how it is. Well, hey guys, I'll tell you one thing. I'm already long Genie. Yeah. I'm longing for life, guys. Think about it that way. But all right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. We'll get you guys over to the spec, uh, to the power hour, not the Spacs attack. We are the Spacs attack. We'll get you over to the power hour where the hype meets the stocks. You guys can have some fun. Carl saying, nice choice. I'm sure you are saying, yeah, Carl. He's, he's loving it. <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens with this beach body position. I'll let you guys know how this one keeps going. Like always, guys, check out the Cannabis Conference. It's going to be tomorrow or later today. We even have a virtual event that's opening that conference. So check that out. That's going to be at 530 tonight. Like always, guys, hit the thumbs up. And we'll see you next time on the SPACs attack. And like always, keep it going, guys, because guess what? We're going to be here looking at these SPACs and continuing. I know Chris and I are going to be looking at these for long term. And there will be some winners out here. There will be some losers also. So definitely do your research. And what better to place than to do it right here on the SPACs attack. See you next time, guys. Till then, we out. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.